This is Authors in Focus. Welcome back to the Authors in Focus podcast. Today we are joined by Abigail Manning, author of Poisoned Heart, Framed in Florals, and Barely Free, all three of them sort of reimaginings of fairy tales. Uh, And I'm very excited to talk to Abigail about that. How are you doing today, Abigail? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, the weather is uh, finally starting to not be bitter, freezing, miserable cold. So That sounds wonderful. It's been storming all day here. (laughs) Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, so we were, um, I walked today with my kids and my dog like we were out for like three hours. It was actually really nice. I'm not a winter person, so. uh, And this winter has just sucked, so I'm just happy for spring and summer. So basically... I always like to start these interviews with a couple of fun questions before we get into the more writing related stuff. So my first question to you, Abigail, is if you could have a drink, any type of drink with any author, living or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, goodness. Probably just Kenley Davidson. She's kind of my go to favorite author. She is also a fairy tale retelling author. If you haven't read her books, I highly recommend them. Uh, but she was the one who got me into retellings and me wanting to write my own retellings. And I would just love to pick her brain about what sparked the ideas and where her ideas came from. And I just love all of her books and think she's amazing. Awesome. I'd have to check her out. I don't think I ever um, I've ever seen her before. So maybe drop me a link after the uh, podcast. And I'll check her out. She's wonderful there. Her retellings. I aspire to be anything close to it. <laughs> Very cool. So. I don't really like to use the term guilty pleasure when it comes to media, like music and movies and stuff like that, because I feel like, you know, there's enough stuff out for everybody and uh, nobody should ever really feel guilty about liking stuff. But if there was something that you really enjoyed in the media, any form of media um, that would surprise a lot of people, what would that be? Probably that I'm a pretty big anime fan. I love some really good, like, adventure kind of fantasy anime old or new stuff kind of my hero academia or even good old classic death note which a lot of people don't expect when you write cute little frilly romances but i love something that's really unique and fun and creative and different art styles i love indulging in those every once in a while that's cool i um that's another thing that i i know a lot of people um in this uh realm of fantasy and sci-fi really dig anime and i've never really I mean, aside from, uh, you know, some of the artwork that I've seen and stuff, I've never really <clears throat> had that much exposure to it. So definitely something I should check out, too. Could definitely give you some good recommendations, <clears throat> but you don't have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Um, so let's start with uh, the beginning. I guess it's a good place to start when it comes to your writing. Um, when did you know you wanted to be a writer? And, like, when you got that actual writing buzz that, said, I need to do this, and take us on a little bit of the journey that led to your first uh, writing of your first book. Yeah, so I'm kind of funny, because I wanted to write for a long, long time, like probably since high school, but never really had the endurance to sit down and do it, especially when you're in school and you're writing for not fun reasons. (laughs) But um, when I 
graduated school, well, actually, sorry, before I graduated school, I really got into writing from a creative writing course and decided to switch my major over to English, but stopped midway when I realized I would have to take an extra foreign language and an extra science and extra math. And then found out that I could take a theater degree that didn't have any of that. So I completely changed routes just because I didn't want to take those classes. And then last year in 2021 in the summer, I had a week off of work and was bored out of my mind. And I'd been really into the couple books, which were the Kenley Davidson books at the time and decided, well, what if I tried again? What if I saw if I could do this myself and just kind of sat down the first document full of notes I entitled do it with all caps and lots of exclamation points telling myself to not ignore it. <laughs> and I just kind of never stopped after I sat down and wrote the first book. Amazing. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I, um, I started writing randomly when COVID hit. Um, and I've written a whole bunch of books, co-written a whole bunch of books, but, um, I had never really thought I was going to write. I've always been writing. I've written for fun. I've written songs. I've been in bands. I've written poetry, but I've never really, um, I never really thought I was going to write a book. And then I kind of got that buzz and I realized I really loved coming up with really weird, funny concepts and next thing i know we're working on uh book 13 so it's cool when the uh when the buzz hits you and then and you just go with it uh so that's that's awesome uh so seeing as a good portion of this podcast is going to reach a uh a large community i i I did a really big interview uh yesterday with dean Koontz, and Uh i suspect that that will uh bring some new listeners to the podcast. So it would be a great opportunity for you to sell us our community on the Emerald realm, uh, what it's all about, why they should be binging it right now. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just sell your books. Yeah, I can definitely do that for you. So the Emerald Realm is a, as you mentioned, a series of fairy tale retellings. Currently, I have three released. The first one is a Snow White retelling. The second is a Goldilocks retelling. And the third that just came out last week is a Cinderella retelling. Each book has its own main character with its own individual plot line, but they, so they can mostly be read as standalones, but I do definitely recommend reading them in the order they were produced because they do have some interlapping or overlapping characters and interlapping stories and one kind of overarching villain, but they're very different than what you would expect a fairy tale to be. They're just like they're laid out like an original fairy tale where, you know, you've got your princesses or a prince or something, but there's a lot more suspense involved. I really like to throw some twists in the stories and throw you for a loop where you might think you know where the story is going, but you actually don't because it will kind of turn on its head at the last minute. At the moment, I have all five books in the series written and they're being produced about two or three months apart. So if you are a binger, then I have got you covered. The first three books are already out and the fourth one I just finished editing today. So that one is going to be ready to go very soon. So I promise that I will have plenty of content available for you if you are a binger. But yeah, they're super sweet. They're very clean. So if you are someone who enjoys clean reads, these are clean romances. They're very fantasy. There's some magic involved. There's a lot of adventure. There's a lot of mystery in some of them. They're all just, I love them all for different reasons. They've got really great main characters that each switch up where you get to be kind of introduced to them in the first book or then the second book. And they kind of like, you think you don't know who the character is going to be, 
But then you go back and you read the next one. And you're like, oh, wait a second. We met them at a side plot here or something. So they're all kind of familiar faces, even though they're new characters. So I just think that they're they're kind of fun that way. <laughs> so <clears throat> being that these are retellings uh, based on very popular fairy tales, they're they're not like their names. The characters names are original names uh, in the series, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. So. So you've written five books, mm-hmm. uh, three out, five total. Um, so I'm going to ask you, who has been your favorite character to write and why? Uh, and who has been somebody that you've struggled with writing that you've started writing and has just given you a hard time all the way through? I definitely loved writing the main character in my second book. Her name's Aurelia Lockley. She was my Goldilocks. And for fun fact, for those who know what it means, Aurelia means gold. So yeah, when her name's Aurelia Lockley. <laughs> I got it. I'm oh, surprised perfect. I got it, but I get it right away. <laughs> There's a lot of little hints like that in them, but that one's one that. of that. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, Aurelia, because she's Goldilocks, she's one of my younger characters. She's only 16 in her book. She is all sass, all spunk, completely a big fireball. Her whole story starts where she is put into an arranged marriage by her parents because she's 16 and she's old enough to be placed in an arranged marriage. But she's not old enough to decline the marriage unless she's 18 per their kind of kingdom's laws. So what does she do? She runs away and hides in a big old house that she thinks is unoccupied. (laughs) But she's very just gung-ho, super sassy, very kind of like childlike, but not childlike. She also matures quite a bit. And she was just so fun to get in the head of. She's very sassy and all of her one-liners always made me laugh. I absolutely loved her. And probably my hardest character was my first book, um, which was my Snow White retelling. And it was only for part of the book because the character, her name is Princess Arabella. um, And she starts off very spoiled because when I wrote this story and I kind of wrote about Snow White, you think about it. Snow White is this perfect, beautiful princess who just lives in this castle and everyone adores her. It didn't seem right to think that she would be absolutely the most innocent person to start off with who just sings to animals and picks flowers because if she's adored so much, she would probably have a little bit of an ego. So she starts off kind of just not a great character. She's not very likable. She's very selfish. She's kind of prudish. And she has to go through that change when she kind of loses her home and has um, the assassin come after her. So it's a really big development from when she starts and when she finishes. But having to write a character who's that unlikable for a little while was definitely hard to get in the headspace of, especially for my first book. So it was a challenge, but I really loved how she turned out in the end. So it was worth it. <laughs> That's always cool. Just to <clears throat> to relate to that, we wrote an extremely unlikable character in our third book uh, in the Cider and Ale Chronicles, um, Cider of Legend. And he really was supposed to be totally unlikable, like a bully and and kind of just a, a royal pain. <laughs> and out of all the characters we wrote, like I, we got so much feedback about this character saying, oh, and we killed him off in the book. I'm spoiling it. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's fine because these books have been out for a really long time already. That's fair. Um, we killed him off, and that was kind of the whole point was you kind of want him to be killed off. And so many people liked him and said, oh, but he was really so lovable, and he had such a hard time, and it would be so cool. And next thing you know, we, we've brought him back, and we've included him <laughs> in, like, the last two books in the series, and we gradually made him less annoying and less hateable, even though he still has those, like, kind of from, like, a 
from a total jerk to a lovable jerk. <laughs> I love that. That's great. So it's it's cool when you can do stuff like that um, and where you can you can kind of uh, organically form the evolution of characters. So this is something that that always interests me. Uh, now, I know this is your books are based on fairy tales, so uh, it's, it might be a little bit of a different answer. But how much of yourself and the people in your personal life make it into the characterizations that you come up with in your books? Because I know that I'm totally guilty of of completely narcissistically putting <laughs> myself into every main character and putting my wife into every main female character and and stuff like that. So it, it always interests me uh, if other people do that as well and how you how how you do it. Yeah, so funnily enough, I completely distance myself from my main characters and my main male characters because I like to make them different than me. I like to think outside of my own head. And I specifically made a rule for myself when I first started writing romances that my husband is not going to be anywhere in my characters because I don't want to imagine somebody else reading someone that I envision of my husband in a romantic story. But, but that's just me. So the way that people actually influence my characters is more my side characters. And I do it kind of very intentionally, too. Um, and it's just for inspiration. I'm not great at developing side characters. I really like to focus on the main characters. So that's where I kind of draw from other people. And, for example, in my second book, it's actually dedicated to a pair of friends of mine named Luke and Jen. And I completely based the villains of that story, kind of Papa Bear and Mama Bear, off of them to the point where I named them Lord Luke and Lady Jenna. <laughs> and they yes. have their dog, Bear, as a dog in the story who's on the front cover. And yes, their dog is named Bear in real life, too. So they are very blatantly based off of them. Obviously, their personalities are different because they are not villains in real life. But they gave me permission to make them the villains and quote-unquote said, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> well. You know, a lot of people find the villains to be the most interesting characters in the story, so. Um, They're definitely fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So outside of your own personal uh, influence, what are some of the other sort of, I guess, external media influences? I know you mentioned uh, one of them earlier in my first question, uh, but what are some of the other influences from, you know, television, film, music, gaming, anything that uh, have made their way into your writing? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely a lot of music. I have kind of a playlist for all of my characters and all my books just to kind of get me in the headspace of them. Um, sometimes I find the books before or so I write the books before I come up with music. Sometimes the music comes up before the books. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the only big media outlet I really look to. I never have time to sit and watch movies and I barely have time to sit and watch shows anymore. So a lot of it is just kind of other books that I read and I get inspiration from them. And I think, wow, that's a really great idea. Like I would love to think of something similar to that or something that kind of is inspired off of that. Or um, I just, you know, get inspired by other authors a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's more just music and just, I do audiobooks. I don't really sit, ever have time to sit and read a book. So just whatever I hear in audiobooks and those are kind of my two big ones. So what are your, I'm putting you on the spot now. What's on your playlist? Oh, on my playlist? Oh my goodness. Give me some of your, some of your playlists. They're definitely uh, very pinpointed to each book. I have one called Snow White by Christina Grammy, which is my number one Snow White uh, theme song. And oh, then what I have. What a, what a tragic story. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I can't even. It's funny. I can't even deal with that. But uh, but yeah, no, I know. It's, I don't. I've never heard the song, but I definitely know about her. 
Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Yes. She was amazing. I still listen to her music, obviously, even now. But no, hers is great. I love anything B. Miller. I have a lot of her stuff for my soundtracks. I've got Fire and Gold for uh, my Goldilocks kind of one. That one's a fun inspiration. Um, a bunch of other ones for books that I don't want to say yet because it will spoil them if I even tell you the song because <laughs> they're very oh, wow. on the nose. <laughs> but yeah, those are probably my top ones. Yeah, I've actually, um, I know it's a common trend, but I made a lot. I made, I also made a playlist for pretty much every book we wrote. Anything thematic, like if I, if, if one of the characters, the main character was into like pop punk, then I would do like a pop punk theme playlist and to get me into the zone of the character or something like that. So it's, it's cool the way music, uh, can influence writing and influence the, the entire vibe of a story. Yeah, they're definitely fun to, like, kind of get you in the headspace. I have a 30-minute drive home every day, and so when I listen to my playlist on the way home, by the time I'm out of the car, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to write. I know what these characters are thinking. (laughs) And just consequentially uh, about audiobooks, I know – have you ever had something that you've wanted to like because it's just – there's something so appealing about it, but it just doesn't work for you? Like, that's kind of the way audiobooks are for me. Really? I, I want it. I download them sometimes and I buy them and, I, and I'll I'll sit and I'll look at them and I'll listen to the narrators and I'll think they're really cool. And I just the book doesn't sink in for me or I'll, I'll try to listen to it at night and I'll pass out. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I find I need to um, I used to only like to read actual physical books. And because I'm editing all the time and because. So many people are, are giving me books and I'm, I'm reading, starting to read my clients books and stuff like that. I end up reading ebooks and that was like a big transition for me, uh, from physical to ebooks. And now I'm trying to get into audiobooks and I'm just having a hard time, but I, I know how much they work for so many people. Yeah, I'm almost exclusively audiobooks at this point, and it's only because of time more than anything. I spend so much time in my car that I can plow through a book in a week and a half just by listening to it, which is really great, honestly. But I just don't have the time to sit and read a book anymore, as much as I would love to. I have a couple that I'm staring at longingly that I know I should be reading, but I haven't had the time to. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I mean, I I get so many people... um, read when they drive and, and that's probably when I would read them too if I or listen to them if if, if I was going to but uh, I want to switch I want to shift gears a little bit here to the actual publishing side of things because you've uh, self-published mm-hmm. which uh, I know is something that is like I, most I would say 99% of what I read these days is, is either indie published or self-published work so I want to know what have been your biggest joys in the process so far um, and what have been things that maybe have been a little bit more challenging to you about the self-publishing process. I think the biggest joys is just the freedom of scheduling. I love like really getting my books out quickly just because I'm constantly writing. I'm constantly producing books. I've finished all five books of this series, but I just finished my first book of a second series this weekend too. So it's like I constantly have books I want to produce and I'm not sitting here restricted by a publisher telling me that, you know, you have to wait this long, you have to do this. I can kind of base it on my own schedule and I can do it based on, you know, how much I think it's going to be appreciated by the audience at that time. Also, I don't have to worry about the opposite where someone's pushing me to finish stuff. They think that I can get it out fast and they think I can 
have it at a certain time period. Um, I definitely don't enjoy a lot of the marketing parts of it. I never use social media before I started writing. So that's been a very huge learning curve, which I used it a little bit, but never like daily or even weekly for any means. I was always just kind of an observer on Facebook. I didn't even have an Instagram before I started writing. And now I'm on it at least three times a day trying to engage with readers and other authors and um, all sorts of things. So, so it's definitely something that I've been learning and I'm growing to like, but it's definitely not my go-to favorite part of writing for sure or for publishing. Right. I like to say, it's funny, I, I say this on, on almost every podcast, so if people listen to every episode, they would hear me say this a great deal. Uh, but I feel like indie authors and self-published authors are multiplying uh, like gremlins that are fed after midnight. <laughs> I hope that you get the reference. I do. <laughs> um, and uh, be, that being the case, uh, it's it's really imperative that, um, that indie authors have something to make them sort of stand out give them something that makes them uniquely them. Now, obviously, um, I'm a judge of book by your bias cover person. Um, <laughs> and your covers are fantastic. It's something that I noticed right away. It's oh, so it's so important. Um, I'm always surprised. And I know that sometimes it's a financial thing. But there are authors that will put a, a book out and it'll be like, it'll often be a self-made cover that looks like it was done like on a Commodore 64 from like 1983 <laughs> and and I'll just be like you know as an aesthetic person I'll be looking at this and it's like are you serious and often that'll be where I'll come in and I'll be like okay well we got to do the you know the 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 extreme the home edit or the extreme makeover version of this and we've got to fix this thing up so that you know you can compete with what's out there uh, and be seen because there is really a lot to see. Yeah, and that was the first thing I did when I decided to go for my covers is I actually researched the people who were doing well in my genre, all everyone else who was doing fairy tale retellings, and I sought out who they used for their cover artists, and that was exactly who I used for mine. So that's why I, I think that covers are the most important thing, selling point of a book. So I loved being able to go in and find what people already enjoyed and where I could find that to create it for my own. Right. No, absolutely. Um, so – Sticking with the same kind of line of questioning, um, how important to you is audience rea- audience interaction or, or fan networking, I guess you can say, as an indie author? And how do you uh, most like to do that? I mean, I think it's very important. I think the more that you engage with your audience and your readers, the more you learn about what they enjoy and what they didn't enjoy. If I was to produce a book where I had a character killed off and everyone revolted, then maybe I won't do that in the future. You know, Maybe I'll be a little more sparing with the lives of my characters or something. But I definitely love engaging with them actually on social media, despite having not really enjoyed it before. I do like fun back Fridays on my Facebook. I love to post just all my random thoughts and kind of upcoming quotes on my Instagram. Like I just love kind of like giving them teasers about things that I'm excited about or telling them something about a past book that they may not have known to kind of see if they're as excited about that as I was when I wrote it. Just any little way that I can kind of, you know, show them that I like to be involved in what they're thinking in the stories and that I'm always wondering what they're thinking back and just kind of that whole interaction I really enjoy. 
There is nothing that makes my day more than when a random person messages me wanting to talk to me about one of my books. Yes. <laughs> Literally, I can be having like the world's worst day and then I'll have somebody say, oh, that part of Here Comes Steve where he did that. I was laughing all day long. Are you going to put Steve in any other books? And the answer to that, that is no, he's a ridiculous character. Why would I do that? <laughs> um, for anyone that's read the books, it really. Um, but I love that. Like I love, I just love being able to field questions or talk or, or have somebody say, you know, when I read that, it really like moved me because at the end of the day, like as much as it's important to write for yourself because you've got to, you have got to be able to buy what you're selling or else nobody mm-hmm. else. I also like to, uh, I, I do it for the, for, for other people. I want them to get something out of the writing. I want them to feel something and to, to get a positive experience. Yeah, definitely. I I love it. You, exactly what you said when people message me like, oh, my goodness, I just got to this plot twist and I'm so shook. I need you to tell me more. And like, it's my favorite. It's absolutely the best part of writing. Yeah, it's fuel for my day. Yes. Um, <laughs> so what's next? Uh, are you Now, this is the question that, that, you know, now I've been curious since the very beginning because I've seen the first three books and now I want to know what you've got coming out next. And I'm sure... Other people will want to know that, too. So uh, take us through the rest of this series and a little bit about that other book you said you were working on and when we can expect some of this stuff. Yeah. So I as I said, I just finished editing the fourth book and I haven't announced what um, what the retelling of that one is yet. So I won't spoil that just yet. But it is in one of the other kingdoms that is alluded to in the first three books. So there's four kingdoms in the Emerald Realm and it's completely based in a brand new kingdom we haven't explored yet so that'll be kind of exciting um the fifth book is already done as well it's just waiting its turn to go through beta readers and editing and everything like that right now i'm planning to submit or to publish them about three months apart so expect book four kind of around mid late june and add three months to whenever the fifth book will come out i did just also finish my sixth book which is going to be the first book in a new series that will be an extension of the Emerald Realm series. So it's going to still kind of be in the same, it's still going to be fairy tale retellings, it's still going to be in the same kind of universe, but a whole different realm. It's going to be different stories, but you're going to be starting fresh with a new line of characters. And that will also be five books. I have them all plotted, planned, and they're ready to go. Also, just to make myself more crazy, I just finished plotting a new series for and specifically the first book of a new series that is a completely different series that is no longer fairy tale retellings it is still going to be kind of romantic fantasy it's a little bit more suspenseful but it is a whole different direction that i'm very excited to start kind of pursuing and i think i'm going to start on my first book in that series before i keep working on the extension of the emerald realm series awesome well sounds like you got a lot of stuff for people to look forward to and it all sounds really really good looking forward to seeing the checking out the covers and um getting into this because it's uh it sounds like a lot of fun now i like to reserve this question for the end of of my interviews because i think it's really really important and getting back to the fact that there are so many new writers and writing is on so many people's bucket lists i guess of things they want to do write a novel give new and aspiring writers out there one piece of sage-like advice that you've gotten from your experience as a writer I would definitely say don't compare your successes to other people's because everybody's is going to look different. There's going to be somebody who has sold 100 books day one. There's going to be somebody who's sold 100 books over 10 years. 
and there's someone who's going to have written 10 books in one year, someone who's going to be written one book in 10 years. I just think that anyone who wants to write, whether they want to do it professionally, whether they want to do it as a hobby, they should just be proud of everything that they do and not feel like they have to meet the standards of what somebody else does because everyone moves at their own pace and just everything you do, take it as a great milestone to celebrate and be excited for every little victory. Wow. I, I totally agree with that. Um, actually, it's a conversation that my my co-host or, or co, co-podcaster, I guess, and co-writer, uh, James Reed, has put out like, I don't know, 40 books or something like that, or he's working on 40 books, if you include the ones that we've written together. And he's, he's mentioned before that people have said, well, I don't feel like I'm making the grades. I can only put out like one or two books a year and you, you're putting out 12 books this year. And first of all, most people can't put out like 12 books in three years. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so every, every once in a while, you're going to find somebody that's like a, you know, like a speed reader or a speed writer or a, just somebody that's super prolific. You absolutely cannot hold yourself to those standards from the get go or else that saboteur is just going to come out and destroy you. So yeah, that's a, that's a, a very, very good, um, good rules to, to, uh, to live by if you're going to get into this, uh, into this field of writing. Uh, Abigail, where can people find you if they want to delve into your worlds? They can find me on my website, which is abigailmanningauthor.com. Or if they want to skip the formalities and just look at my books, they are all on Amazon in Kindle Unlimited. Awesome. Well, Abigail, it's been amazing talking to you. Um, definitely uh, everybody listening, check out The Emerald Realm and uh, beyond uh, Abigail's books. They sound amazing. Uh, wishing you all the best with your uh, current releases, uh, your soon-to-be-released box set, and your your upcoming releases as well. And, uh, yeah, all the best. Thank you so much. It's been great. Take care. This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my satirical fantasy novels on Amazon. Need help finding readers? Connect with me on Facebook in the Fantasy Sci-Fi Focus group or at authorsinfocus at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast at fantasy-focus.com and where your favorite podcasts are hosted. Mm-hmm.